They're coming for Coach Prime in Colorado again. Um, another story has resurfaced of people calling out Colorado, Deion Sanders, and this whole experiment with the transfer portal and how it's going to work out. And, of course, they are being not very supportive of it, which I'm going to talk about why they think Colorado and Deion Sanders is a lose-lose situation and why I think it's a win-win situation on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about why someone would call Colorado being and Deion Sanders being a lose-lose situation in 2023. Um, I'm also going to talk about who has the most approved on defense and who has the most approved on offense today um, for the bus in 2023. But before I do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, your team, every day. Um, let's dive right in. Someone said it. We don't know who said it because why would they put their name behind it? That would actually require having some, I guess, dignity, um, I guess you could say. <laughs> the anonymous the anonymous comments, um, you got to love it. You really do um, because you can really say anything. You can say anything about anyone and it'll never get back to you unless, I guess, the person who reports it leaks your name. And even then you could deny it, um, plausible deniability. But anonymous comments, they feel they feel like one of those things that – are elite or aren't illegal but should be because i you're telling me that you're just allowed to slander anybody not put your name behind it and be like yeah i said that but no one knows so it's all good um yeah so that i don't like anonymous comments i think they're one of the softest things in sports um because realistically if you got an opinion and you want to share it say it with your chest um don't be scared just because you think you're going to get backlash or something while i don't agree with pat narduzzi um, and all of his stances on Coach Prime, at least he had the the gall, as they say, um, to say it publicly. Um, I think there's one thing, not that I'm supporting Pat Narduzzi here, but at least he wasn't hiding behind a screen or hiding behind a, an anonymous sort of quote. Like he, he said it. Was it right or was it something that made sense? No, but he said it, said it with his chest, and I appreciate him for that. Um, this other coach, I don't know what we're doing. Um, we're go- we're going anonymous quotes, and it's just factually incorrect. Because here's the thing: nothing about the Deion Sanders tenure at Colorado will be a lose lose. The only th- way it's a lose lose is if he somehow blows the program up. Um, they lose every game. Uh, he ends in a terror. Which this is what he said. Th- this is part of the quote. They said it'll end in a horrible hiring. Um, and or horrible horrible way and they'll have to fire him and all this and that that's every tenure that's literally every college football head every really every job in the world if you don't do well and they fire you that is a losing situation so that's not really i don't know if we count that um the other lose was that he's going to succeed right away and leave the program after one year that's or something like that that that's what we're going with really he's gonna have a good season with all of his transfers in year one and which the coach kind of said we don't know if they're going to be good or not so they're either going to be good or bad breaking news or if they're good he's going to leave for a job after one year 
and because he doesn't want to be in Boulder, apparently. Uh, seems like he likes to be in Boulder. Um, I'm not going to limit. I'm not going to say that he'll never leave the job because I think that there's certain programs that would just be would provide stuff that Colorado can't. Um, if if people are really serious about him valuing being in Texas or Florida, um, there's going to be a job that opens up there eventually. And I don't know if he's going to be able to turn it down because that's where he's from. Um, he has connections to both those places. And if you're going to tell me that someone wants to go home, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it just because it's a Colorado podcast. I wouldn't be shocked if he left for a job in Florida. He He's from Florida. He's always shown appreciation. He talks about how he wants Florida kids. He knows they're good. He's from Texas. Um, one of the biggest rumors from uh, the Pac-12, Big 12 realignment stuff is that he wants to return to Texas, which I don't know why that's a thing because he could go to Texas anyway in recruiting, but maybe he wants to live in Texas. He lived in Dallas. Um, his kids grew up in Dallas or the Dallas area. But to say this is a lose-lose for Colorado, Colorado is going to win this situation regardless because there's th- there's a few positive outcomes. One, Coach Prime leads his teams to success, and they go from being one of the worst programs in the past two decades to a successful college program. Two, he leads a team to success, and they're just relevant. Again, the, the relevance part is the more important part here. They're relevant. Um, three, even if he does leave, okay, which that's a big if because we've it's year one, hasn't played a game yet, and we're already talking about in what month is it? It's almost July, and we're almost talking about how yet how he hasn't played a game yet, or they haven't played a game yet under him, but. He's going to leave for a better job. Um, that doesn't make sense. But if if that were to happen, you're telling me that Colorado can't go nab another high-profile coach? Obviously, I don't know if there's a coach as high-profile as Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. But if Coach Prime wins at Colorado, he not only shows that Colorado is willing to invest in their program, he shows that it's possible to win at Colorado. And then an attractive coach will want to come here um like i said it won't be it's not there's no other coach prime out there Deion sanders to be exact i know you guys want me to call him coach prime but i gotta call him Deion sanders for this part is literally one of the most iconic football players to ever play and he's bringing all this attention and if he succeeds he's bringing success to colorado that's going to convince other coaches that they could do the same because every coach thinks they could win anywhere and so if they see oh well he could do it there um, he kind of laid the foundation. The pro, the fans are more invested. The program's more invested. That's a win-win, because if he leaves, they're gonna get a good replacement. They've shown that they could invest in Colorado football, so that doesn't make sense. Um, the other argument that he's gonna leave for a better job, um, I've talked about this countless times. Um, it really makes no sense because if let's hypothetically, Colorado wins ten games year one. This is my hypothetical. They win 10 games year one. Okay, really great. Um, obviously, that's nine more than they won last year. Um, here are the coaches that are considered to be on the hot seat uh, for 2023. Dino Babers at Syracuse. Don't think he's going there. Um, Mike Bloomgren at Rice. Definitely not. Neil Brown at West Virginia. Seems like a lateral move. Um, Dana Demel at UTEP. Nope. Danny Gonzalez at New Mexico. Nope. Dana Holgerson at Houston, maybe. I mean, excuse me, if he wants to be in Texas that bad, Houston's in the Big 12. Um, The Big 12 is obviously a Power 5 conference. They have more stability. 
I guess maybe we'll put that'd be like a three on the confidence scale for me. Um, Ryan Silverfield at Memphis. Is he going to leave a power five job for a group of five job? No, I could tell you that. No, he's not <laughs> Indiana. Don't think so. Jeff Halfley at Boston college. Doubt it. Butch Jones at Arkansas state. Nope. Missouri. Okay. SEC job. Maybe. I think, I think it would be an SEC job or obviously Florida state or Miami would be the two schools in the ACC that I think I could see him leaving for, but Missouri is not that school. I promise you. Um, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M is the only school on this entire list where I'm like, maybe, but Texas A&M is tied up with Jimbo Fisher for a long time for a lot of money. They fire him. They're going to owe a lot. How much are they going to be willing to invest? How much are they going to be willing to spend? Um, does Coach Prime even want to go to College Station, a program that, while they act like they are blue blood, has traditionally not had success? Um, they haven't been nationally competitive. It's just it is what it is. So these are the jobs that apparently Coach Prime is going to dash for if he has success. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think this anonymous coach is just relying on the anonymity factor and just being like, you know what? No one can really see who I am, so I'm just going to say whatever. Makes no sense, though. Um, realistically, Coach Prime is probably going to he, – he's not going to leave uh, with his with his son being at Colorado, um, both of his sons and his daughter. Um, his whole family's there, basically. And you're telling me he's going to leave to take a job, one of those jobs? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, no. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to grow five inches and learn how to shoot a jumper, and I'll – be in the nba and by next week uh don't worry about it um no so i'm telling you the power of anonymity anonymity whatever and see an enemy you know what i mean um it just is too much i think people it allows people to talk blasphemous and i just can't approve it um by the way this episode today is brought to you by fanduel take your first swing at betting mlb on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you could spend betting Everything from money line to over under to who you think is going to get the first home run, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, it's time to talk about. Who has the most approved on defense? Um, I wanted to do mailbag questions today, but I kind of want to do them with the guests because I like your guys' questions. I want to do it with the guests. So probably Monday I'll do them, um, which I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Bus every single day, making it your first podcast, your first listen. Let's get that subscriber count up. I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day. Most approved on defense for Colorado. Um, I think you can look at a lot of names here. Uh, I think there's three or four. I'll go four. That stand out to me the most. Obviously, the mo- the one that stands out the most is Travis Hunter. Now that he owes us, it's not like I'm not like he doesn't owe us an explanation of his ranking. He obviously has the skill set, but I think at the Power Five level, um, with the national spotlight, um, I'm not I'm not saying that I have doubts. I'm just saying that everybody's going to be watching him, and I think people are going to want to see the Travis Hunter show. And so I think he has a lot to prove. Um, I think looking at the the defensive line is where I see a lot of these names that kind of stand out. Uh, Jordan Dominic, can he, can that SEC pass rushing stuff skills translate? It should. Um, he's kind of been tabbed as Colorado's like 
quarterback getter guy. Like everybody's like the D the D line will be fine. They have Jordan Dominic. He had seven and a half sacks at Arkansas. It's a lot of pressure. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think obviously, and you guys always talk about how pressure doesn't, whatever, um, whether he actually feels the pressure or not, I don't know, but he's definitely lit wants to feel, live up to expectations. He wants to be, he wants to show that he could dominate. Um, he showed that he could be cause havoc last season. He wants to show he could do it again because for him, there's an NFL career on the line. Uh, maybe if he has 10 sacks, it boosts his draft stock. But maybe if he gets two sacks, it hurts his draft stock. So there's a lot, a lot of proof, to th- lots of proof there. Um, I also think that he has to be kind of a leader on this defense, him and Travis. They both have to be leaders of the defense and kind of show that they can, they can stand out. They can improve this defense they can lead this unit and so i think there's pressure there um there's two other guys that i'm gonna look at here with a lot to prove one and i don't even know if he's gonna start to be honest i have no idea how good he is because we didn't see anything from him from at washington uh well we saw stuff just we saw flashes but we didn't see why he was ranked as a five-star top 30 player in the country savelle smalls washington transfer um he has i don't know if he's gonna start because they got Jordan Dominic, like I just mentioned, and Derek McClendon, the second from Florida State, another edge rusher. Does he start over either of those guys? I doubt it. I really do. Um, I think they're both more proven. I think they've shown the ability to get to the quarterback, and Savelle Smalls hasn't, and that's okay. He didn't have the opportunity at Washington that he would have liked. Um, he was stuck behind a couple guys that are probably considered one of the better pass rushers in college football. Um, and so now he has a fresh start. He has a new opportunity with a new staff, new scheme, all this to show why he was ranked so highly, why he was once viewed as a potential first round pick. Um, I think there's pressure there. I think there's a lot to prove there because a lot of fans, I think the team itself, I think they are banking on the fact that there's a reason he was once ranked as a five-star quarterback or five-star quarterback, five-star edge rusher. He's not a quarterback. That'd be crazy though. Pretty big guy. Um, there's a reason that he was ranked that high. Does he live up to it? Or does is he a, I don't want to say bust, but does is he just a rotation guy? If he's a rotation guy, is that what Colorado was hoping for? I don't know. I'd probably say no. Um, I think they were hoping that he'd kind of find his footing and maybe under some more, more better coaching, I guess you could say, or different coaching. I don't want to say it's better coaching, but under different coaching, he kind of emerges and into his own. I don't know. Maybe. And then fourth person that on defense that I think the most pressure's on. Um, I'm looking at uh, well, there's like two people I could look at here. Um, I'm gonna go. With, I'll go with two people then. I, at first, I think you gotta go Shane Cox, um, the Dartmouth transfer. I think he asserted himself as a leader, so he needs to play like a leader. Um, I'm not saying he can't do that, but obviously, there's a big jump going from Dartmouth to the Pac-12. Um, We've seen it made before. We've seen Ivy League guys transfer in and be productive guys. Um, But I think a lot of players want, especially in this day and age, I think it's hard to be a leader and not back it up with your play. And so I think if he's really going to be a leader of this team, because he was cited as a leader, like he is literally probably going to be a captain. Um, If he doesn't live up to that performance, then it's like, uh, maybe we we don't have to listen to this guy. I'm not saying that's how Colorado is, but I'm just, saying it's hard to lead when I don't feel like players respect your play. I think that's just like an underlying thing. And then I think Cormani McLean, five-star corner, um, comes in, wants to wear number one is what the the belief is, which Coach Prime said that's for his guys, uh, for his 
sorry, I've got a, my contact over here. Um, Coach Prime says number one's for the for the better guys. Um, I think he comes in highest rated recruit in Colorado history for quite some time, if not ever. Um, let's see. I don't I don't know if he's the highest rated recruit ever. I'm gonna look that up right now. But what I'm saying is he comes in so highly touted, and realistically, it's like he's the third ranked high, third highest ranked player ever. Um, and the other two actually didn't finish their careers at Colorado. Interesting. Anyway, um, he comes in as a third ranked highest player ever in Colorado program history. Um, there is a guy by the name of Amarion Cooper, who I think has a really good chance of starting, um, uh, opposite Travis Hunter. They have Jacques Robinson, the Alabama transfer. Um, I think there's a lot to prove if you're even, even though he's a freshman, I think you got to live up to that ranking. You kind of have to show that. Yeah, I didn't come here to sit the bench. And obviously, I think Cormani plans to do that. I don't think he came, I don't think he moved all the way from Florida to to Boulder to sit the bench or be a rotational guy. I just think that there's going to be a lot of people looking at him and Travis Hunter because we've all been talking about how cool it's going to be to see the two number one corners in the past two classes play together. And I think they both have to live up to their end of the deal, um, their end of the bargain. <laughs> so that those are my I think I ended up at six guys that are have the most approved on defense. Um, when we come back. Let's talk about who has the most approved on offense. So we're talking about who has the most approved on offense for Colorado in 2023. Let's do it. Um, I think this one, I will also want to preface this. This isn't me saying that these guys aren't good or they're not going to live up to expectations. I think these are the ones that have the most expectations. So in a way, these guys you guys should be counting on them to the most. And so that's where I say most approved. It's not me doubting them. It's just the guys that need to show out. Um, up first, Shadar Sanders. Obvious one. I, it, it's not a hot take. Um, he comes in as probably one of the biggest wild cards in college football. Really big arm, really accurate passer, um, really smart quarterback at the FCS level. Does that translate right away? Um, I talked about it yesterday. If it does translate right away, Colorado could easily start the season off four and two. Five and one. Um, if it doesn't translate right away, maybe they do go one and four, like uh, Raymond from twenty four seven projected, ejected, ejected. My mic. You guys know this mic always does me dirty. Um, I would hope that he doesn't just that he that he doesn't struggle for the sake of Colorado fans and for the sake of him, because obviously that would be endless ridicule. Um, here's the thing. I think he will succeed. I think he has a lot to prove in the sense that, one, he's got to live up to his own and his father's expectations, which are probably higher than anybody's expectations out there in the country. But also, if he succeeds, the team's probably going to succeed. Um, most approve the entire offensive line. Um, they have been the weakest link on the team, probably. Um, I don't know if there's a weaker link. Maybe kickers. But even then, it's like kickers. I mean, you never trust a college kicker is what I've learned. Um, through the years <laughs> we've just seen too many heartbreaks with college kickers um you don't trust them unless you, you either have a great one or you have a college kicker and that's kind of how it works out um but the offense line if they can't protect Shadur, it's gonna make it harder on him it's gonna make it harder on the running backs it's gonna make it harder on the receivers to pr produce because they're not gonna be able to get the ball it is what it is um most approved for offense too travis hunter kind of um i think everybody's gonna be interested to see he's probably our first or not our first. I think he has the best opportunity to be the best two-way player in probably over a decade. Um, you think of Miles Jack and Dory Jackson, um, Luke 
uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, the Oregon State guy, Jack Coletto, not Luke. Um, he played fullback and linebacker. Um, I'm trying to think. Are there any other ones? Jabril Jabril Peppers, kind of. Travis Hunter has a chance to be the most dominant two-way player in college football, maybe history. And so I think he has pressure on offense and defense. So he kind of counts as one too. Um, Jimmy Horn Jr. I think he has a lot to prove in the sense that he's kind of claimed that number one receiver spot, but can he hold on to it? Or is someone like Xavier Weaver, who was the more targeted, um, I don't want to say better, but he more productive receiver at USF. Maybe he takes that role again from Jimmy Horn. Jimmy Horn has the advantage being in the system longer, but does he hold on to the role? Alta McCaskill, running back, uh, American freshman of the year back in 2021, missed this past season due to injury. Can he live up to the hype again? Can he can he reproduce that success? We're going to find out. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of people that have things to prove. And honestly, I'm very excited to see it. I'm very excited for you guys to be following along on the journey as well. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked On Buffs. I'm Kevin Borba. Make sure to subscribe. Let's get that number up to 3,000. I wanted to get it to 10 by the start of the season where we're cutting it close. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's get to 3,000 first. Um, I appreciate your guys' support. Um, a lot of guests coming up next week. Um, don't want you guys to miss out. You guys have a great day.